We worship you, Lord. We extol you. We magnify you. Another day. Another opportunity to hear the sound of your spirit. To partake, O oh God, of a company of them who are coming to the place of your divine counsel. Who are gathering, O oh God, before the throne before yes the footstool of your majesty hallelujah oh glory 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 what a day what a day what a season what a moment in time what a day in eternity hallelujah thank you yahweh hallelujah friends i want to welcome you once again to the potter's gate online broadcast this is the day the lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in him i am excited that the spirit of the lord is revealing christ to us in a new dimension in a higher dimension of course they're bringing us back to that point and place where that which we have forgotten that which amen we have uh, uh, refused to see or we have if you will uh, not akin or not responding to the bringing amen those realities back into our life so these are days where the spirit of god is perfecting amen every aspect of our life so that we can come into that teleos order into that mature sons and daughters that the lord amen is expecting to bear his intentions in this day. So these are the days of the unveiling of Christ. These are the days where Christ, amen, must be revealed within our lives and through our lives, of course, within the human crisis. So once again, I want to invite you to join me as we cruise with the Spirit this morning. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. In case you're joining us or you'll be joining for the first time, my name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. I am the coordinator of the Potter's Gate online broadcast. This is an online ministry where heaven has positioned us to continue to sound, yes, the, the voice of, you know, the comings of Christ, the will of God, the intentions of God to creation and humanity. The scripture says that creation is groaning for the unveiling, the revealing of the of the sons of god of course there cannot be an unveiling of the sons of god without christ the son himself being formed in them as paul said amen to the church you are my children 
whom again have traveled in birth until Christ be formed in you. So I want to welcome you this morning as we engage the formation of Christ within our life. Yes, these are the things that the Spirit of God, amen, is saying to me, is revealing to me. Of course, within my own crisis where, amen, the Lord is helping me to overcome, amen, but also within the reality of that which the Spirit of God is emphasizing as it relates to revelation, as it relates to truth, as it relates to, amen, uh, uh, the, the, the operations of, you know, if you will, the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which most time will manifest in knowledge, amen, in, in understanding, in revelation, in, in wisdom of course all of these uh, you know come into what we term as revelation amen god is revealing himself he's revealing his son again to us in a new way and that revelation is going to take place within the crisis of your life amen because it's in that point is at that point amen that you really get to know who you are because it's at that point that amen your sense of faith is trust is, is tested your sense of commitment amen your sense of you know faithfulness is tested that's where that's where you're going to see a lot of things you're going to know a lot of things amen and things are going to become even more bare and clear to you all right so heaven is plunging us into crisis so when you find yourself in some crisis that's not the time to run away that is just an opportunity to test a Amen. If indeed, amen, you are solid, you are you are built upon, hallelujah, that which you claim you know. Everything that we claim we know about God will be tested, will be tried and tested. Just like every product, amen, that you know we use in our house. Nobody wants to use an you know, you know, an untested you know, product. No, no, no. Everybody wants to use something good, something you know, you know uh, uh, that is durable. All right. All of that has gone through rigorous, amen. I, I, I woke up this morning and, you know, that word came into my spirit, all right. We are, we are, we are of them, all right, that have been brought out of the furnace, out of the fire. You understand? Yes, yes. The best, the best of products, amen, oftentimes go through fire, all right. Yes, a lot of people love gold, but the beauty of gold, amen, is the refinement, which of course is the process of fire, all right. So, God uses fire to train us, to test us, amen, to remove the dross, to remove, you know, the blemishes, to remove things in our life that will not allow us to stand for him and represent his counsels and his intention. So please, I want us to begin to have a new, you know, if you will, perspective, a, a, a new attitude. We've got to form a new attitude regarding, amen, the challenges of life. Many of you have heard, all right, my challenge, I've, I've shared about you know, you know what I went through, what I'm going through in my family, but God is bringing me out of that. God is healing. God is restoring. God is doing so many things, but those are part of, amen. Yes. What is required of us? If anything is going to last in this season, if our life is going to really be that, amen, order of a company of them that are going to reflect the glory of God, then we have to be tested. It's a must. We have to go through and the test, amen, is going to affect and impact every area of our life attitude character behavior you understand yes values everything that we claim hallelujah are dear to us will be tested will be tried because it's from that point that we can really become a true priest the bible says for we have not an high priest amen, that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity for it was tested it was tested at 
all point, yet without sin. All right? Yes, as he is, so we are. Okay, if we want to reflect Jesus, we want to manifest his glory, we want to amen, express his splendor on earth, we want we want to carry hallelujah, his, his power, his beauty, we want to you know reflect his majesty, we want the world to be filled with his glory, then we must be ready. Then we've got to you know develop that mindset, we've got to arm ourselves with that mindset that I will hallelujah go through tests, I will be tested because that's how amen things are. For you to know that this person is qualified, this person has got, you know, what it takes, you know, to, you know, to perform, of course, then they will say, what's your experience? What have you gone through? What do you know? You understand? Yes. Yes. Nobody gets to, you know, uh, take a position that have not been tested. All right. Leadership is about being tested. You understand? If they give you a position of leadership today and say, look, we need you to do X, Y, it's because they know that you've been tested. That's why we, you know, we, when we go to work, we go for an interview, we, you know, we offer all kinds of, they, they ask all kinds of documentation. All right, which school did you go? What are, what, what are the things you have done? What are your experience? There are people who've been to school, all right? They've got the best, you know, they, they, they came out, you know, maybe at the top. But they will ask them, what experience do you have? Uh, well, um, uh, well, I did one or two jobs here and there. They say, sorry, we're looking for somebody, yes, who is skillful, but we also want somebody who's got experience. We want somebody who is knowledgeable, but we also want somebody who's got experience. So experience is part of, hallelujah, our training, our development. Anyone who tells you in this last day that you're not going to be tested, you're not going to be tried, you're not going to go through fire, you're not that person is lying to you. And unfortunately, that's the gospel that we have bought. And that gospel we see now is failing us. Okay? So, I mean, I've been preaching this for 30 years. So, it's not something, it's not because I'm going through something right now. Amen. In fact, at every season of our life, amen, for us to move to the next level, to move to the next dimension of God's intention, there will be a period, a time of test. Test, amen, is what qualifies us if indeed we are able to handle, if indeed we are able to carry, if indeed we are able, or you understand, yes, to bear the things of God. But this morning, I'm not about speaking, you know, on the context of test. I'm talking about a time for us to come into Christ. Amen. This is the time they're calling us to know Jesus. Amen. So I really want us to continue to speak on the issues. Amen. Of, you know, beholding Christ, looking unto Jesus. Because in times of tests, in times of trial, amen, there's a tendency that we want to take our eyes off Christ. There's a tendency that we want to amen, depend more on the crisis. And of course, that is the plan of the enemy. He magnifies the mountain. He magnifies what he's doing. He magnifies, you understand, the challenge. He magnifies the pain. You know, you, you feel the intensity, the emotion, your emotion, hallelujah. Yes, you know, it, it, it's poured out to us what you're feeling. And they want us to move away from that dimension, not to deny the feeling. But to trust the Lord that through this, through this situation, through this circumstance, I'm going to come out, amen, yes, a better person. It's all about us being, amen, a better people. Look at the world today. The world is filled with, amen, hate, evil. And of course, many of this evil are even perpetuated in the name of God. It's like suddenly we've lost amen, the reality and the revelation of Christ. Like I'm saying, most people today are, you know, are, are, are taking, 
you know in fact most Christians are becoming you know uh, uh, you know uh, uh, you know okay let me not go into all of that <laughs> I think the Lord just shut my mouth or else I'll be deviated but but uh, uh, friends it's time we need to begin to you know look into our life and ask ourselves how much of Christ do I know how much of the ways of God how much of the will of God how much of the intentions of God because it's in this reality that we can unveil Christ within the human crisis you're getting the point we cannot unveil Christ you know, everybody, I'm sure you've heard that, you've heard, you've heard or you've watched, you know, that, you know, a, a video. I mean, they're all over, you know, the social media. All right. If you, if you squeeze and if you squeeze a juice or you, excuse me, you squeeze an orange. All right. You don't get something else coming out of that orange. <laughs> If you if you squeeze you know um, you know a, a mango, what you get out of you know that squeezing amen is a mango juice. You I mean that's not a new thing. We've heard that. All right. When you are squeezed, what comes out of you? When you are when you are not tight corner, or you tight position. What I mean, we see the world today is in, in crisis. Are you seeing what is coming out of many Christians? Many Christians are actually you know seeking vengeance, vengeance. You know, reprisal, yes. As if that is what Jesus taught us. As if our our pursuance, our following, amen, of Christ is located, is limited to, you know, to, to some religion. The point is, we all are going to go through a time. We all are going to be tested. But what is on the inside of us, amen, is what is going to come out in our time of pain, in our time of need, in our time of feeling, you know, I, I, can't, I can't take it again. And I tell you, you know, when I'm being, you know, when I was tested and I was being squeezed, there were things that came out of me that I never knew, amen, were in me. Because this was a test on a high level. Oh, you think you're ready for God. You think you know him. You think, yes, you are determined to serve God. Wait until they take that test to another level. So friends, this is a call for us to dig deep, to press further, to go, you know, deeper into what we claim we know of Jesus. Do you just know Jesus that is just here up, up in your head? Up in your head that has not become a saturated reality of life. I mean... I was, you know, it, it's it's a difficult thing for you to be a prophet and to speak because you cannot but to speak things. You cannot but to reveal, you know, say things that you, you see that, that are not in line with the intentions of God. Because I'm saying, friends, no matter what the enemy does to me, what I want is to be able to unveil Christ. I want to reveal Christ because it is Christ that the world wants to see. They, they don't want to see my pain. Of course, they, they can relate with that. But how do you handle the pain? How do you, amen, reveal? How do you showcase? How do you react, amen? How do you respond to the challenges of life? To say we're not going to face challenge, that will be a lie. That will be a lie. You know that. To say that we're not going to face, you know, need, that will be a lie. To say that we're not going to be tested, we're not going to be tempted, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, amen, the pride of life. To say we're not going to be tempted, that will be a lie. 
you will be tested you will be tempted because we live in a fallen world and what makes this world a fallen world amen is the temptation there is the temptation that is the test these are two different things amen but they but they work in concurrency amen but what I'm saying is that when those things comes, amen, what is going to come out of you? Because that is where the redemption of God becomes manifest. Are you getting, are you getting my point? No matter who you are, you can be the chief apostle, you can be the chief prophet, amen. You will be tested. If you're not tested today, you will be tested tomorrow. If you're not tempted today, you'll be tempted tomorrow. Because that is the normalcy of life. I get the point. But when you go through all of that, you see, what, what's going to come out of you? And when you go through all of that, do you have, amen, the honesty to let the world know, to let, you know, yes, the world, to let the church know, to let your brethren know that this is what is going, or are you going to be hiding it? Because if you're hiding it, then, amen, you're saying that you're not ready, amen, to represent Christ because indeed you are not a faithful priest. You see, the time of crisis, the time of test, is a time of vulnerability. And it's, and it's important, amen, that we learn to embrace vulnerability. Because it's through vulnerability, amen, that they empower us, that they grace us. Yes. The Bible says, amen, my strength is perfected in your weakness. Weakness means vulnerability. We live in a day where they say, no, you don't show your vulnerability. You see, every stage of my life, the challenge I've been through, I have exposed myself. Because that is how, amen, we become true faithful priests. That's how our life becomes a reflection, amen, of, of God and the, the intentions of God. So many things they are going to take us through. As Esther was taken through, amen, various layers, amen, of cleansing and purification, amen, to be able to stand before the king, you and I, amen, in this end of days, just look around. Look at what is going on in across the world. Look at the church in America. Look at the, 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 the perceptions and the view regarding what is going on in the East. That tells you that we disqualify. If we say we are the church of Christ, we are the body of Christ, all right? And we are taking a side of evil in the name of some idea, some prophetic, you know, thing that we think is coming to pass. Look at what is going on. The church all right, is, is, is in a disarray, confused. It's like, are we supposed to be ref reflecting Jesus here or we're reflecting, you know, some religious political ideology? What happens to love your enemy? Forgive. Forgiveness is not about, it's not about the person who hurts you. Forgiveness is about you. That's one of the things that the Lord, you know, brought me to react, to, you know, to, to see. Forgiveness is about you. It is very difficult and painful to forgive. And you know why? Because, amen, we put, we put flesh, we put self first. Anytime you project self, you will walk in the flesh. Anytime you project self, you project me, myself, and I. If it's all about you, what I'm going through is about me. What I'm facing is about me. The pain is about me. The deed is about me. You will, you understand, project flesh and you will walk in sin. Because listen, the center of sin is the flesh. The center of our need. The center of our challenge, amen, is about the perception. 
of our own self-security and that is what God is killing in this end of days you hear what I just said God is killing the issue of me myself and I somebody says all you need to remove amen to neutralize the power of sin is I when you remove I from amen you know S I N there's no sin to destroy the nature of sin, hallelujah, is to remove I. You move out of the equation and let Christ be projected, hallelujah. Let Christ be revealed, hallelujah. Let Christ be magnified. And the time that Christ really wants to be magnified the most is in our crisis, is in that position that you know condition that situation amen that is you know that, that, that is you know craving and asking you to respond to react and God says wait for me what disqualifies all in his time of need he could not wait he could not wait for the voice of God he could not wait for the response of God and this is why era i i want to bring the issue of us really going back if you will to the basics how much of christ do we know because listen listen it's enough to talk about jesus it's enough to go to to, to to the church and scream yes we know jesus hallelujah you know it's good enough to sing those nice you know revelation song of jesus but wait until the crisis come then we know if indeed we know jesus because I, I tell you, what I believe is 90% of the church, the body of Christ, can hardly say they know Jesus in his present revelation. Because how we handle crisis, how we handle needs, how we deal with, alright, yes, those who are opposing not just us but opposing christ how we handle them how we respond to them proves that indeed <laughs> there's still a lot of work to be done in our life that's why they want us amen they want the cross to be heavy on us the cross is the revealer of christ they say if you want to you, you want to know me you want to walk with me you want to take up your cross and follow me I've been bearing cross, some cross in the past few months and I see how that cross has helped me to discover what is a priority to God and to me that's what crisis does I'm not gonna go into all of that today but I'm, I want to I'm gonna be sharing some important lesson that I've learned amen in this you know past months you know the, the power of crisis it's in the midst of crisis that the true crisis reveal the Bible says they were going to the other side and he was sleeping. And the Bible says a boisterous wind, amen, yes, began to pound on the ship. And these guys who were the disciples of Jesus, they were afraid to death. They said, we're going to die. <laughs> are you listening, friends? What are we talking about? Two things the Lord is revealing to us in this season. Alright, the first one, the first one is we need to learn to look unto Jesus Christ. And like I said, that is not a religious, charismatic, Pentecostal language. <laughs> Let me repeat myself. Looking unto Jesus is not some religious, charismatic, Pentecostal amen, expression. Looking unto Jesus is the present day demand and the call, amen, of all those who are seeking, who are tracking, hallelujah, yes, the kingdom of God. 
the kingdom of God is revealed amen in the midst of our fixation on the reality of the ascended Christ hallelujah The Lord wants to manifest and reveal himself to us in this season. But we have to learn, hallelujah, to shift our attention. What takes your attention, amen, yes, defines your future, defines your values, defines, hallelujah, what you're going to become. What you continue to look will define, hallelujah, yes, your life. That's why we need to be very careful in the days, amen, of, of social media. Because there are so many things that have been projected, that have been projected for us, amen, to look at. And this thing, they know how to take our time. You know, a little a little scroll here, a little scroll there. You know, all the scrolling, amen, they are depositing something within your heart. Social media is a reflection, you understand, of how... The enemy is, is, is systematically distracting us from looking onto that which ought to help us, amen, to be truly reformed and transformed. The Bible says they look unto him and they were not ashamed. Their countenance were changed, transformed. As we continue to look into the perfect law of liberty and not being a forgetful hearer, hallelujah, yes, we will become like him. What are we looking at? What are we looking? Who are we looking onto in this season? Is our so-called Christianity, amen, become just some religious, you know, ritual, a religious, you know, you know, motion that we go through? Or are we truly looking to find? Because if you're looking, there's something you want to gain. There's something you want to know. There's something you want to understand. Amen. Yes. When you when you gaze at something, hallelujah, you gain something, hallelujah. You get to know something. You get to understand something. Is that conscious reality, hallelujah, of the of the revelation of Christ still intact in your heart? Is that conscious pursuance, that hunger for Christ? Now, I'm not talking about you doing something religiously, no. I'm saying, you know, you consciously engaging, amen, every aspect of your being. You're focusing, you're, you're pressing. You see, when you look unto Jesus, is a way of saying, Lord, I trust you, one. Secondly, I, 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 I cannot of my own. Thirdly, I want to see something. I need to know something far beyond what I am gazing around me. When you focus, when you keep your attention locked on Jesus, amen, it means that you only want to hear from his, from his, from his mind. You only want to, amen, you only want that which comes from his frequency. There are all kinds of frequency in the air. The Arabs just said, there are all kinds of frequency in the air. You know that. If you are into, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, radio. If you are into broadcasting. If you know a little bit about broadcasting. You just need to have the right equipment. You will be getting some channels in some God, God, God knows remote end of the earth. You just need a man to have, you know, those, have you seen those small radio? Those bandwidth small radio? From here, amen, you're going to be getting, you know, some channel in, 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 God knows where in China. 
there are there, there are frequencies amen in the air so if you don't know how to focus how to keep your mind how to keep your thoughts you understand very soon you know when i see people manifest do certain things it tells us of the signal amen it tells us of the frequency amen that amen yes that they are feeding on for you, you understand, for you to be listening and be watching me live right now is because, amen, you're tuned in. It's because you've subscribed, amen. When you subscribe to my channel, amen, there is a frequency that, you know, Google, amen, yes, sent to you. That whenever I want to broadcast, amen, the message tells you Isaiah is on air. When The, more, the moment you click on that, you see me. You see me. It's the same principle, hallelujah, that applies to the things of the spirit. I can choose, you understand, yes, to tune to a frequency that is promoting, you know, God knows what. Amen. Yes, I can choose to. I mean, I'm, I'm saying to myself of late, I said, you know, the world is going to go crazy. The world, I don't know what's going to happen. The, the level of information overload today. Have you... Do you have a TikTok account? Do you know what's going on on TikTok? Everybody seems to know something. Everybody seems to know, amen, how you can get, you know, a, a thousand or, you know, you know, 500, God knows what, you know, followers. It's just all crazy. Everybody's saying something. Everybody's an expert. And I'm saying to myself, Lord, God help us. What a world we live in. If you don't know, amen, if you don't have a sense of priority, you can easily be lost. It's a jungle out there. And that's why a lot of Christians today don't even know if they're coming, they're going. Because they're into all of the things. They're here, they're there. You know, they're picking here, they're picking there. They're, they're all scattered. No, it's time to focus, to look unto Jesus, there are all kinds of religion, all kinds of new age mushrooming coming out in our day. There are all kinds of Christianity that we're seeing today, you know, out there. I mean, was it yesterday or a few days ago? Just, you know, on, on Facebook, I was just scrolling Facebook. Suddenly, I saw this this sister, and I know many of you may know this person. If I, I, Of course, I can't mention her name, but they're into this, you know, fashion, whatever, you know. And this lady is walking a Christian that I know. I mean, I, well, I believe I know. I believe she's a Christian. You see, that's what we've got to define what Christianity is in our day. Here's this this lady, you know, a Christian. You're modeling. You're walking, and you, your back is open. Your side, amen. People can all, in fact, see your, you know, see your, see your breast. And I'm like, is this supposed to be normal? Is this supposed to be the Christianity we're supposed to be serving in the 21st century? When has something like this become normal in the name of, you know, fitting in, the name of, you know, you being part of them? Who told you have to be part of them? That's why I said, you know, sometimes you get it. You, uh, well, I'm in the world of trouble. I live in trouble. If we, if we claim to be Christ's follower, isn't the Lord supposed to be regulating our life our values that's why i say we need to we need to expand we need to focus more on who christ is to focus more on who christ is is to understand his value if a christian all right is is modeling and you have to model to the level that amen you don't mind after of your body being open for everybody to see don't you know that that is you shaming you are shaming christ 
it's not okay for you as a believer in the name of fashion you understand yes to be exposing your body for others and maybe your husband accept even if your husband accepted Christ that you claim you're serving frowns at that and you know you see Christian also liking it when I saw that, I just scrolled away. Because if I have to do what I need to do, I would have just said, no, sister, you need to go and repent because this does not glorify Jesus. Of course, people will say, who are you to tell me that? Well, of course, who am I? Who am I? Who, who, is, who am I to say that? But that does not glorify Jesus. Are we living to glorify Christ or are we living to please men? You see, when Christ is not glorified in our life, then who is being glorified? The flesh when the flesh is being glorified who do you think amen yes he's happy do you think jesus is happy no it's the devil that is happy come on friends there is a level there's a standard in this journey and it is that level that makes us to compromise listen to what i'm saying it is the understanding it is the reality and the revelation we have in jesus that brings us into the place of compromise what am i what, what, do, what am i saying compromise means amen that even though you are hot you'll be the first to say no i'm sorry you'll be the first to, amen to you know you know to 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 to, to raise the white flag you'll be the first amen you know to to show kindness you'll be the first to say please pardon me forgive me for what i have done or even if you know that you're right it should be your call earlier to always go the extra mile you understand well the world accepted the world don't mind but does the lord mind oh well maybe the church also don't mind but excuse me the jesus you claim you love have you reduced him to the standard of the world because these are all realities and manifestations of the end of days Maybe you don't know we are already in the end of days. I said it some time ago. We're in the days where prophetic, you know, manifestation, biblical prophetic manifestation are unfolding before our very eyes. Unfortunately, because we live in the day of sensuality, in the days of Christ, the Bible said the days of the coming of the Lord shall be like the days of Noah. Men are so fixative and committed in their own thing. It's in the midst of the flesh being glorified of man being venerated being worshipped of, of, of people becoming demigods you know worshipping self worshipping their body worshipping you understand you know their, 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 their culture worshipping you understand yes their intelligence is in the midst of that that the Lord shut the ark and they all perished and this is why we need to preach the gospel the gospel is not just to be preached today to unbelievers. We also need to preach, amen, the gospel, yes, to the unbelieving believers who are in the church. It cannot be right. That we must live our life to shame Christ. And I'll tell you the reason why such thing can happen. When we begin to reduce our focus... When we begin to reduce our attention on Jesus, we will sneak in. We will sneak in into the realm of pleasing men. You will even know when you start seeking to please men. Did you see what Saul said? When Saul was rebuked, when Saul, amen, was, you know, when, the, when Saul discovered that he has sinned against God, did you know what he said to, you know, to the prophet? 
He said, cover me before the people. Don't disgrace me before the people. You know, because Saul is a people's, is a people's man. He said, when I saw the people leaving, when I saw the people leaving, and I realized that you're not forthcoming, I decided, who gave you the permission? I decided to offer the sacrifice. Sorry, it cannot be at your term. It can never be at my term. We've got to raise the standard. We've got to raise the bar. And in fact, we have not even started raising the bar. We're just going back, amen, to the fundamentals. We're just going back to the fundamental. It cannot be correct that you as a Christian, as a believer, or half of your body is exposed in the name of fashion. Come on. You've become, you know, Venus. You know, in the Bible, the efficient church, the efficient, you know, society, one of the gods, that they were worshiping a man she's called venus you know venus you know she's known for her beauty they worship a beauty many today are worshiping beauty and that's okay you know sis you've got a very nice shape you've got a nice body i know sisters following us who have refused to accept certain ungodly things, all right, because they know that that thing is going to shame the name of Jesus. They refuse this job. I can't mention them, but I know them. You mean you've, you've brought you've, you've brought Jesus so low that you know the world must just praise you and look at this as wow. They said is the is the this is the voice of a God and not of a man. The same very day that proclamation was made, amen, regarding King Herod, the Bible says, Worm came out and ate him up alive. It's time to unveil Christ. It's no longer about you, it's about Christ being exalted, being glorified. We preach, we teach, amen kingdom here kingdom there where is jesus in all of those things i want to find christ in everything somebody is saying a prophet is given a prophetic word about israel is given a prophetic word well this is the face of you know the the six sixes this is what where, where 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 is christ in all of this how do you factor christ listen to what i'm about to say a prophetic word no matter how sound it may it may seem no matter how authentic it can it may feel if it's not revealing christ if it's not showing christ amen if it's not directing people because every prophecy amen must be hooked and connected hallelujah to the character to the nature to the value amen to the order of christ it's all about christ and that's why I will want us, amen, as the Spirit of the Lord will guide me. I want us to go through the book of Revelation. It's about Jesus Christ. Let's look at the, let's, let me just start with this scripture. Let me read Revelation. In fact, I think I've got it somewhere. Uh, uh, I've got a cue somewhere. Let me see. Where is it? Revelation, Revelation, yes. This is the revelation. What is revelation? Revelation, hallelujah, is to make something that is hidden a reality. To make something hidden, amen, known. 
Revelation does not mean secret. Revelation means unveiling. Did you hear? Revelation means to unveil. The mysteries, hallelujah, yes, has been broken. The seal has been broken. They want us to know. But guess what? They say you can force you know, a camel to the, you know, to, the, to the river bank. But you can't force the camel to drink. We can build all kinds of churches. We can create all kinds of you know, environments to entertain people. But if people do not have the hunger, the desire, the passion to want to know Jesus Christ, they will still be in darkness. The people of the days of Noah, they saw, amen, what Noah was doing. They knew this was different. They knew this kind of a house does not exist. They saw the shape. They, I mean, they were asking of all kinds of, not none of them was humble enough to say, Noah, tell me about this thing. The Bible says they were mocking him. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at that combination. God manifested in flesh. That's what it means. When the religion tells you, well, how can God be manifest in the flesh? Jesus cannot be God. That's what the Muslim will tell you on some other religion. Jesus cannot be God because he's a man. But that's the mystery. <laughs> it is God manifested. In human flesh why did he have to do that he did that to show us to give us an example to show us a pattern of how to live so we can please him hallelujah so we can enter his kingdom he's not a god amen he's not a tax master that just gives us some code and whatever and say this is what i want of you and you must do it it came to display it came to show us an example his life was the very example hallelujah of the kind of life he wants us to live on earth he himself became man so he wanted to feel amen what it means to be a man so that amen he can become a faithful high priest that in our struggle of seeking to honor and please him amen he can feel what we feel because he had never felt what amen what it what it was to be a man who you know what 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 no he made man in his own image yes that's the spirit but man in the flesh he doesn't know how that feels so he had to taste death the bible says he had to taste he became a fallen man earlier that through his obedience to the voice of his father that's why jesus never performed a single miracle without getting approval from his father everything he did on earth it's a direct express amen yes voice of the father and that is the same way he wants you and you and i amen to live so we can also please the lord somebody listening this is the revelation of Jesus which God gave which God gave him to show his servants God gave him who is the him of course John where was John John was in a place of crisis John was in a place of pain John was in the place of need John was in the place of you know of excruciating pain he was in the place of confusion he was in the place of anxiety a place you understand of of battering he was in the place of you know him being sentenced to death and Highland called Patmos 
Patmos is a place, is an island where they banish, you know, criminals, the worst of them. When they send you to Patmos, you've been banished for life. They want to kill you slowly. They want to kill you softly. They don't want you to just die at once. They want you to die of hard labor. Mandela cannot even stand half of what amen. Yes, was going was you know on, on, on you know unpack on the island of Patmos. Not not like the one he went through. You know, you know on Robin Island. Yeah, <laughs> Robin Island is nothing to be compared to the island of Patmos. Those guys they invent evil, iniquity. They they know how to invent iniquity, evil. That's the island of Patmos. You see, that was where John was banished to. It's in that place that they gave him the revelation. It's in that place, hallelujah, in the midst of you and I will never be able to understand or comprehend what John went through on that island. But it's in that place that the Lord, hallelujah, yes, download. In fact, they came to take him. He said, I was in the spirit in the last day. I heard a voice behind me say, Come up high, let me show you. <laughs> what am I saying? The realities of Christ must be within the crisis of our day. The posture of our life, the posture of our, of our thoughts, the posture of our existence, behavior, character, attitude must be not to be captured. Not to be capitulated into the into the pain, but to be in the spirit. Can you be in the crisis and still be in the spirit? Can you be in the crisis and still be in the spirit at the same time? Of course you can, but is that the reality on ground? Often not. We are still sensual people. Our our essence of spirituality is tested in the midst of crisis. Oh, maybe you've studied all God knows what you've got. You've got all the qualification. You've, you've been to here and there. You know, you know all the who and who. Well, the Lord only gets to define who you are and approve who you are in the midst of human crisis. You see, it's how we handle crisis. Jesus pray, Father, I don't pray that you take them away. No, keep them within the crisis. But reveal yourself. Keep them. Reveal your glory. They didn't have to, amen. Yes, extract the children of Israel, you know, from the land of Babylon before Nebuchadnezzar erected this massive beast. No, the test was for the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Guess what? Every Babylonian know that when they hear the drum, amen, the layer, the app, hallelujah, play, they know, they know that they must bow because, amen, Nebuchadnezzar is their God. Nebuchadnezzar is like God in the flesh. That is how, you know, they, they worship, you know, their kings. Like in, in the pharaohs. The pharaohs are worshipped as God. That's why when Moses said, God said, let my people go. He said, who is that God? I am God. I am God incarnate. All the Greeks, they believe that God can be manifest just like Jesus was, you know, 
God in the flesh. But you see the difference between Jesus and the rest of these other kings, all right, is that Jesus served these people. Jesus humbled himself. Jesus, amen, stooped low and washed the feet of his disciples. Those people know they lorded over their people. That's why Jesus to them cannot be God. What kind of a God who will stoop low and start washing the feet of his own disciples? What kind of a God is that? A God that, 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 that cannot, you know, uh, ride, you know, a donkey. A God, all right, that cannot, you know. Uh, but he did everything that a God should do. Can you see the pattern of leadership that Jesus Christ has come to show us? Is that how we live our life? Is that how we understand that all things may be lawful, but all things are not expedient, or maybe all things are expedient that they, 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 may, they may not be lawful? That this thing is not about I can do what I can do, what I feel want to. No, no, no. It's not about you. It's about what Christ wants to do through your life. We live here on earth, Amen, to reveal Christ. To showcase Christ, to display Christ, to magnify Christ. John showed us an example. John the Baptist, he said, No, I must decrease, he must increase. There's a company of people today, all right, that their gathering is not, it's not gonna be unto amen, some religious system, some ideology, some human philosophy. It's not gonna be towards some network, amen. Their gathering earlier will be unto Christ as they diminish. Christ is magnified. There is a church emerging in this end of there that will be Christ-centric, amen. That will be Christocentric, that will be Christ-focused, amen. Yes, this church is emerging. They will not gather around some, you know, a, a, a kingdom apostolic, you know, terminology or words. No, Christ must be the, the focus and the arrowhead of their projection and their initiative. If Christ is not magnified, sorry, I'm not there. I don't want to be there because I know the end. Looking unto Jesus. They say he's the author and the finisher, the perfecter. This is the day of the unveiling of the revelation of Jesus. But we cannot unveil what we don't know. We can't unveil what we are not, you know, intimate with. We can't unveil, hallelujah, a life that is still being understood, amen, from a second party you understand experience the, the Jesus we know is the Jesus amen somebody preach and out of excitement we, we claim we know him but excuse me what experience tell me show me the trophies of your experience of Jesus and you know Jesus never show up except we're deep into crisis <laughs> So crisis unveil Christ. Listen. They say, the brother, brother James says, the trial that we are faced with should not be seen as something strange. They say, no. These are normal things. Brother Peter also said the same. 
don't think the things you're going through all right is some strange things no they are not strange they are the normal thing the normalcy of the end time church amen is a church plunged into crisis so christ can be magnified and it's through that point that the world can see because they can see that wait a minute there's no way out I can't see a way out of this. I don't know how this this person, this person is going to get out of this one. <laughs> they said, finally, we got him. Throw him in a lion's den. Let's see. The king himself cannot rest. Early, early hours before the day dawns, he ran to, amen, to the dead. Daniel, are you still there? Long live the king. I'm still alive here, King. My God, I've sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Lions sent to devour you. Become earlier your pets. <laughs> what a day. What a day. I said the lions sent to devour me. Became my prey. Be excuse me. Be became my pets. The king came, he saw him, him, him playing with the lions, amen. And like, excuse me, what happened? The king bowed the knees. Crisis is a way of God revealing his glory within the affairs of man. If you don't have crisis, you better ask God for one. <laughs> Because you're going to need it, amen, to move, to be promoted. Hello? I say, if you don't have crisis, you better say, God, give me my own. I'm ready. I want, let this be quick and fast. Obedience is the key. You don't obey God when everything is rosy, rosy. That's a good one, but your, your, the value of your obedience is when everything around you is saying no, is saying negative, is saying go the other way, and you choose to go the way of the Lord. I choose the way of the Lord. I remember there's a song I used to sing back in the day. I choose the way of the Lord. For the way of the Lord is the way of wisdom. There's a way that seems right unto man. It seems right for you to dress half naked and be walking, you know, or you know, on the pedestrian. Everybody's clapping at you and like, wow, good, good, wonderful, wonderful lady. You forget that you're a sister. Maybe you're forgotten, amen, who you are in Christ. Maybe you're forgotten that you once asked the Lord to come into your life. If he came into your life, he defines your dressing, my sister. It defines how you look. Go and ask Esther. It's easy to take the Bible and say, yes, want to be like Esther, want to be like Ruth, want to be like, you know, Abigail, want to be like Mary. Oh, what about the price they paid? We want the end result, but we don't want the process. What kind of a church are we raising? What kind of Christianity are we birthing in this end of days? If nobody is saying it, well, Isaiah must speak. Because it cannot be right. It cannot be about you. It cannot be about a man. What you want, it cannot be about what I want. If it's about what I want, then I don't need Christ in my life. The reason why Christ is in our life, amen, is to enable us to do the things 
that naturally, normally, people will not be able to do. He is there. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit to enable us. He said, when you're the spirit of truth, that's what the Holy Spirit is called. Anything can be spirit. Anybody can call any spirit. But if that spirit is not telling you the truth, then it's not the spirit of God. When he, the spirit of truth, comes. And I tell you, you may think the spirit has come because you feel something. Oosh, I feel something. No, friend, no. The Holy Spirit is not about what you feel. It's about bringing value. It's about bringing order. It's about bringing you into divine alignment with the system of heaven. There is a system that we subscribe to. It's called the kingdom of God. Defines our economy. That system defines our economy. Economy is not just about making money. Economy is a lifestyle. We're talking about the power of lifestyle here. It's Christ. Or you throw that Bible away and go look for another religion. Then we know that you're no longer a Christian. We cannot longer be shaming the name of the Lord. It's enough. We stop shaming the name of the Lord. Sister, brothers, let's stop shaming the name of the Lord. It's time we let the people know. That there's a company of people in Babylon who are Christ followers. We live in Babylon, but we are not of Babylon. Just because you want more popularity, you want more people to follow you, you want more, God knows whatever you want, money, hello. That's why the scripture says in the end of days, men will not be able to buy and sell. Your soul has been captured. You no longer have, amen, yes, a value or worth for your faith. That's why you don't mind to take the mark. Listen, friends, those who will refuse the mark of the Antichrist will be those whose souls have been sold to Christ, who have offered their entire life on the altar. Even if they want to, their life has been offered. They say, sorry. That's why those guys could say, King, even if our God is not going to save us, <laughs> don't even think about it. We're not bowing down because we know that the values that we subscribe to, amen, does not permit us to bow to another God. That is how Joseph was able to rule over Egypt. He magnified Christ. There was a crisis. Everybody was looking for a solution. An answer came. But the answer came earlier at the terms of Jesus. Not at the terms of a man. Pharaoh, if you want me to give you an interpretation of this, well, you better look up to this God. There is a God that I know. That was strange to Pharaoh. We live in strange days, friends. And opportunities will be camouflaged, will be coming. Opportunities that the enemy have, you know, have, have arranged to cause you to sleep, to cause you to fall. Maybe it could even be, you know, an increment in your salary. But for, yes, yes, yes. But for you to sleep with your boss. Are you willing to do that? For you to compromise? For you to shame the name? Oh, you have more money, but you are in the midst of those who are mocking the name of Jesus. And you also, you are like, <laughs> and you cannot say, excuse me, sorry, this is not allowed. That's my God, you're mocking. Anything goes, as long as, alright, you can keep your cool, we give you more money. 
We seen today even how amen spot people, successful spot people are coming out, amen, unashamed, showing the values that they stand for in Christ. Openly declare it because the nature of the days we're living is a day of the war of values and culture and identity. You see this cocoa lady who just won, you know, uh, uh, that tennis championship. She was not ashamed of her Christ. So don't you think this lady is just bowing down trying to get some air, you know, after winning? No, no, no. The coach said, no. She is praising and thanking a God. I've seen it. When you are at, God gives you a position and you can't stand for Jesus, you cannot proclaim Christ in the midst of all this so-called God knows who, you cannot declare Christ. It tells you that you don't know Christ. Imagine you love you love somebody, but you're ashamed to speak about that person openly. That person is gonna, of course, you know, question your love. You're ashamed to speak about Jesus. We do things, good things, but we 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 put the name of Jesus and the face of Jesus in the mud in the name of the good that we claim we're doing. You're a disgrace to the body. You're a disgrace to Christ. You're a disgrace to the kingdom of God. You better take your wealth, take your money, take your fame, take it all, take it away. I have found where I belong. I have found my lover. I have found what gives me peace. In my time of crisis, I kept asking the Lord, Lord, I want to glorify you. I, I want to honor you for your sake and for the sake of my children. I don't want them to be hijacked by the spirit of the age. I don't want them to be hijacked by satanic spirit. Listen, the devil understand how to war. Separate them. Isolate them. Take them away from their father so I can strike them. When you strike a generation, you strike the next generation. It was the most painful war of my life. In, 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 in hell, because I found myself in hell. In hell, I was crying out. God, save me. Help me. I'm not going to lose my children to perversion, to ungodliness, to wickedness, to the spirit of the age. No, I must be the priest of my house. It's a war, friends. The battle has begun. What you see panning out, all right, in, in Israel is a child's, child's play to the real world. That's why I told you if you don't listen, listen, let me tell you again. What is panning out in Israel is more of a spiritual battle than more of a political or a religious war. And you see Christians joining the wrong side siding things they ought not to side because they have no understanding of what is going on eyes are there but they cannot see ears are there but they cannot hear this is what the spirit of the lord is saying to us in this season we need to come to a point and a place where our understanding is recalibrated where we have the mind of christ so we can judge we can clearly interpret the handwriting on the wall looking unto jesus who are you looking unto who are you looking up to? What are you looking up to in this season? When the doors are shut at you. When the doors are shut at you. I say who are you looking up to? Would you compromise Jesus? Amen. 
just for you to continue to stay in the house just for you to continue to have a roof over your head would you compromise jesus just for you to have you know that salary continue to come in would you compromise jesus christ all right just for you to belong among you understand yes these are the these are the guys you know would you compromise jesus to live in a particular you know place you know maybe something or god knows what but you compromise what would you compromise jesus to keep the relationship going on would you compromise jesus to marry an unbeliever because he or she has money would you would you compromise jesus all right not to bring your children to correction and align them to the standard of jesus but i know i don't want them i don't want them to get angry i don't want them to hate me excuse me we win in the days where we war for values to war for value is to war on the side of christ and our war is now with flesh and blood, friends. You see, if you don't look up to Jesus, if you're not looking unto Jesus, Jesus cannot be formed in you. I hope you understand that looking to Jesus is not just gazing. There are a lot of things that we look up to. We, we look to. We, I mean, our eyes are fed with all kinds of things. We gaze at all kinds of things. And the moment we move, we move to the next thing. But like I said, whatever we look up to, whatever we're looking to, drops a seed. Everything we see, you understand, is a signal into, yes, our subliminal, you know, concept of thinking and reasoning. You don't even know that you are being assimilated into a particular way of thinking and reasoning just by looking at certain things. When the woman saw the fruit, she stopped looking at the things that the Lord, hallelujah, yes, as, as required and allowed. When you start looking onto something else, you become, amen, that thing, hallelujah. You become that thing. You begin to long for. You begin to desire. That's why there is power, hallelujah, in your gaze. What do you see? When you don't look at the right thing. When you are not looking up to Jesus, listen, you cannot reveal Jesus. You, can't, you see, there are two messages I'm preaching at the same time. Because the first one the Lord began to speak to us is about looking unto Jesus. This morning, God begins to say to me that as we look to him, amen, we have the power to unveil him within human crisis. Is what is on the inside of you. Somebody comes to me now for, you know, for counsel. Don't you think I will counsel that person based on what is on the inside of me? I cannot give that person something that I don't know. If I do, that makes me an hypocrite. unveiling Christ within the crisis of men within the crisis of our day listen listen even that CEO has got crisis that chief executive officer yes he or she has got crisis in her life in his life that manager that head of the group that you know business tycoon you think um, the richest people don't have crisis their problem may not be money. It could be family. And in fact, most times, it's family. Many of these rich people, they've got money. But their children are wayward. Their children are... I mean, they are seeking protection from their own children because their children wants to kill them. While they're running around making money, the devil is playing conga with the children. of crazy things these people we think they're leaders 
their life is in crisis is in a mess many of them you know are totally estranged with their family with their children they don't even know where they are wife is somewhere kids are somewhere there somewhere else oh but you hear them you see them on tv oh everything is looking flashy and you gullible you think wow i just want to be like that you lie you you you're not seeing nothing you deceive it's the same thing how many of our prophets apostles pastors bishop will come on air and tell you amen about their crisis isn't a priest supposed to amen use their life as an example i'm Bible said, consider Elijah, a man just like us, a man just like us, a man just like us, meaning that he had his own crisis, he had his own challenges, he had his own pain, he had his own need, but yet he was able to pray. Men always ought to pray and not to faint. They realize, they know that the time, a period will come in our life where we faint. Though the righteous fall seven times. One of the things I'm going to be sharing when I begin to talk about some points that I have come to develop and understood in times of crisis. One of, listen, is that you don't have to be in sin for crisis to come your door. Like I said, crisis is just amen, a school that, that tests you, that tests what you have on the inside. Yes, you want to promote everybody said we want to get, get promoted we want to move to the next level oh in 2030 God is going to bring us to another phase well they're taking us through a test now they're taking us through a period amen yes of preparation you know Esther could have just decided to give up in one of the you know seasons of our test she could have just told you know the uncle no 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 I mean I'm tired I can't take this again no 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 just to see the king have to go through all of this thing all of the blemishes in our life has to be removed all of the dimples and the god knows pimples all of everything immaculate clean <laughs> yes but it's not just about amen seeing the king hallelujah you are gonna be the queen hallelujah you're gonna come into leadership you're gonna come into government you're gonna come into authority You'll be able to, hallelujah, bind and lose. That's what it takes. That's what it means. Many of you, God wants to put you in position of authority. God gave us a word that in this season, God wants to increase us. He wants to bless us. He wants to put us, amen, in, in, in a position of authority. But we are crying when the process and the training begins. Oh, no, I can't take it again. Not everybody that began with Jesus ended with him. You realize why John was so close to Jesus? At the crucifixion. Who was at the feet of the cross? John. The same John they called the beloved. Who did Jesus earlier commit amen, the, 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 the earthly care of his mother into? John! Mother, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. He was speaking to John. That's the heart I want. That in the midst of crisis, I want to be there with Christ. All the disciples were looking from afar. They saw the mother of crisis. This God, this Christ we believe in, finally, he's been apprehended. He's been crucified before our very eyes. This is God. This is the person we put our hope to. 
In times of crisis, that's when you will know how committed people are to the relationship, to the call, to your ministry, to your grace, to your giftings. When you are most vulnerable, that's when you know if truly people are following you because, amen, they, they have seen the grace, they have seen the light, they have seen the wisdom of God in your life, or they're just following for something to get and run away. So that when you're in trouble, they, they themselves will be the first to carry us. No, we, yeah, we, we said it, we said it. It's deceiving us. <laughs> you don't know nothing. One of the reasons why David is one of my best character in the scripture. Not because he's got this prophetic thing about end of days. No, but because of his heart. David has this configuration of a heart. His throne, amen, was under threat from his own son, Absalom. <laughs> For the sake of the kingdom, amen, not being split, not being, you know, broken, not being, you know, destroy people not dying he decide to leave the throne if it's if the throne is yours everywhere you go you will rule from there a leader hallelujah does not need portfolio a leader does not need i heard you know man of god says this yesterday so this is not directly from me you know this me i like to be honest this man of god says if you're a leader where you sit amen does not matter if you're a leader, you don't have to sit, you understand, at the head of the table. You can sit in the middle. You can sit anywhere. Hallelujah. All eyes will still focus on you because what you're going to be saying will prove indeed that you're a leader. David does not have to be in Jerusalem to still lead. He left the throne. Amen. He, he, somebody say he ran away. He didn't run away. That was wisdom in display. God is raising a new cream of men. When you look, when you look at them, you can see through them. They have no guile. They have nothing hidden. You can see through them. Just like Jesus can see through us. God help us. Help us. Give us the desire once again to long for your throne, to long for your presence. Help us in this day that you're calibrating our sight. You are readjusting our sight. Our sight is our values. You see, when you have a value that is entrenched in Christ, wherever you go, what you'll be looking for is Jesus. Wherever you go, wherever you go, amen, wherever you are, what you'll be searching for is Christ. If those, if those things is not showing, magnifying, revealing Christ, if those things is not embracing Christ, you want to stay away or you want to, amen, inject Christ there. Hallelujah. Because you know it's not about you. That is how we reveal Christ. Because, amen, we have magnified so much of Christ in our own life that everywhere we go, every opportunity you have, you understand? Under split second, you project Christ. Your mannerism, your words, your thoughts, you know, your conversation. You understand? Yes. Your interaction with people. You understand? Your engagement with people. No matter what you do, you leave a, you leave a piece of Christ there. <laughs> Even when you're transacting business, you leave a piece of Christ there. You're negotiating. You leave a piece of Christ there. People, people, after you've paid the money, people must look back and say, Who is this person? 
There's just something different about this person. You leave, you leave that place. People are cracking their head. What kind of a human being is this? This is a different type of a... That is what we are called to do. Everywhere he went. The Bible says he was doing good. Do you know what that means? Doing good does not necessarily mean building another school. Or building another road. Or you know, doing feeding scheme. That's good. But that is not the whole definition of goodness. Goodness, amen, is an aura. Did you hear that said? Goodness is an aura. It's a perfume you wear. Can you can you do you know that people can feel goodness out of you? Because goodness is the fruit of the spirit. Before people amen, eat that fruit, they must see it first. Goodness is a fruit of the spirit. If I walk into your room, into your space, into your house, I must reveal the aura of goodness. Goodness, amen, yes, is an expression of mercy, kindness, it's maturity. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know what you've done, but that's not the issue. Goodness will always magnify redemption rather than judgment and condemnation. It doesn't mean that you're condoning sin and iniquity. No, but you see beyond their frailty. You see beyond their weakness. After all, that is what Jesus saw. While we were still sinners, he came, he died. Goodness must believe the best of people. And in their down moment, you want to lift them up. And in time, amen, where they're being heady and they're being rebellious, you correct them sharply, yet with love. That's goodness. Goodness is not, you see your sister doing something terrible, wrong, but you don't want to get into, you know, uh, uh, into a bad book. So you, you keep quiet. That is, in fact, hatred, according to Jesus. When you are in a position to express correctness to express yes truth to express goodness and you cannot do it listen to me you will be judged for that that's that scripture in the book of ezekiel yes when you know what is right and you ought to hallelujah proclaim that rightness and you don't do it god says i will judge you for that so you rather want to be in the good books of jesus than to please men because that person you want to please one day will realize but that person would have said but how come this brother this sister was in my life in this period while i was being rebellious how come this person never told me the truth how come this person never corrected me you see that's what i tell my children i'm not gonna be a bad father if you if you do something wrong i'm gonna correct you of course my correction is not it's not to you know dehumanize you. I don't want to beat you down, but I want to let you know because what is wrong is wrong. Wrong cannot be right. If it's wrong, is wrong. So I must tell you it's wrong. I'm not afraid to tell my kids it's wrong. Sorry, Samuel, you're wrong. Jemima, you're wrong. I love you enough to tell you you're wrong. And if they do right, I tell them you've done right. By the way, yesterday, my son, Ora, they, they had this prize giving day in their school. My son came second. In the entire, you know, a grade six class, he's the second. I mean, I was proud of him. A white lady sitting, you know, you know, close to us, and uh, you know, my son was called to play the piano because he, you know, he plays piano. So he played the piano, and uh, when he was going for, 
you know, his, his certificate. I said, I said to the lady, I said, do you know that's my son there? He said, wow. And then she began to chat, we began to chat. So, you know, as he always loved to play piano, I said, well, yeah, but uh, I'm a proud father. But nobody knew yesterday that I had to sit with him. And I have to tell him, Simon, you've got to practice this thing again. Practice it again. Practice it again. He, he was getting like angry with me. I said, no, you've got to practice it again because I need you to know this thing. Because he's got this tendency that, well, I know it. I'm just going to go there. No, no. You've, there's mistakes that you make. There are people there who are professionals. They will pick it. They will hear. It's my responsibility to be there and correct him. Yes. Can you correct your kids? Do we live in a day where fathers, parents can't correct their kids? No. I'm, I'm going to be hurting his feeling. Excuse me? Who is shaping that feeling? That's why you... Have you seen that, you know... Like that uh, video clip making rounds on Facebook about a child, you know? You know, hitting, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the teacher. Not wanting to go to class. This man is pulling him and bringing him. This guy is sitting. Now, if that man give him a good hiding now, the whole world will go against the man, the teacher. They say, look at, look at, that's a child abuse. But now, see the child hitting the teacher. What are we turning amen, the world to? It's there on Facebook. You can, I saw it, somebody. <laughs> and this guy is cussing. This, you know, boy is cussing the teacher. He's using all this foul language. Of course, in Africans. It came from a home. Whatever that condition of a home is, when it comes to the environment of the school, he must comply. He must listen. He must obey. I know some teachers, they take it to an extreme because they are also coming from a home, from an environment, all right, that is abusive. You see, abuse will always birth abuse. When you live in an environment of abuse, it produces abuse until somebody else come and begin to change the narrative. And that takes war. It takes battle for you to change the narrative. And we need to change the narrative. And we change that narrative by breaking, amen, yes, the, 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 the cycle. Or sharing one of our sisters while we were talking. We need to break certain cycle. Yes, it happened to your mother. Your mother left your father. Your, your mother, you understand, wants to be the boss of the house. Wants to do her own thing. Wants to, you know, do whatever she wants to do while the man is just there. You've put the man in his place. You don't want the man to take control. Now everything is going crazy. Now you complain. But the man is not helping me. But you're the one who assumed the position of the man. Come on, friends. We cannot raise a governmental people if we cannot bring order into our life, into our home, into our, you know, our, you know, community, into the church. I mean, it's a jungle out there. We have to raise, amen, yes, a new value system that is entrenched, built solidly on Christ, not on what we want. Because you inherited bad, bad behavior, character you know bad value system from you know from your parent does not mean you should transfer it to the next you know home no try to break that thing if you cannot ask for help help me i've got this issue i need help or else it's not gonna end with you it's gonna continue with your kids you begin to see that sign in the life of your daughter your son and then you want to hate that daughter for it 
because you can see yourself. No, you've got to kill that thing. This is why the gospel of Christ, hallelujah, is there to change us. People don't want to change. We like the idea of change, but change requires, hallelujah, yes, that we roll off our sleeve, that we engage ourselves in warfare. Yes. Are you getting this, friends? This is what it entails. You have to be determined. I want to change. I need to change for myself. So my life, hallelujah, can impact my children, the next generation. Listen. The Lord said to me, you fight for your children. Fighting for your children is fighting for the next generation. Alright? You don't want to repeat the same thing. Amen. In the next generation. So now put an end to it and that will mean that you have to compromise that will mean that you'll have to eat amen the humble pie that will mean that you might have to be the first person to say sorry that will mean that you will have to amen yes bring yourself to the point or place of vulnerability that will mean that sometimes you'll have to hang your pride we don't know what it means to be a Christian, to be a Christian is to, to be a world changer. To change the world is to change value system. Is to change belief system. Is to change ideologies. Is to change system. Is to change the way things, hallelujah, have been designed. Listen to this. We all are going through a cycle. But that cycle can end with you. No, no. I'm not going to allow this thing to continue. It, it dies with me. That's the sacrifice. It dies with me. My daughter is not going to inherit this. My son is not going to inherit this. <laughs> if there's anything they're going to inherit from me, is Jesus. It's Christ. Not the crisis. When they face crisis, they will not be run, running back to the things that my parents run to. That I also run to. No, they will run to Jesus. to bring Christ back into the crisis we've got to bring Christ back into our heart we've got to bring Christ back into our life we've got to bring Christ back into our workplace we've got to bring Christ back into our business into that yes initiative bring Christ there you will never go wrong friends it's not about you if you always want to be the one to be seen, to be, you know, to be praised, you know, to be exalted, then Christ will not be glorified. Because Christ will not compete that position with you. Did you hear what I said? Christ is not going to compete that position with you. You will have to choose. You have to invite him. You see, Christ is a gentleman. Just like he, he expects us to be gentle. You have to invite him. There's a protocol. Have you seen you know, a, a short caption that I did about the concept of procedure? <laughs> Ecclesiastes 8.6 says, There is a time and a procedure to all matters. There's a time and a procedure. To a procedure means a protocol. What is the protocol? What's the protocol of speaking? As a man to you know to a woman, what's the protocol of a of, of a woman speaking to a man? What's the protocol, amen? Understand of your children speaking to you and you speaking to your children. What is the protocol, amen, of handling this situation, this condition? What is the protocol of behavior? There's a procedure, there's a protocol to everything that we stand for. The world will call it courtesy. Courtesy is just one, amen. Even when there is war, like the war going on between Israel, you understand, and 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 the you know uh, uh, the, the guys in in the Gaza Strip and the so-called you know uh, uh, 
Palestinian society community, there is a protocol. Even in war, there are protocols that you must follow. There are protocols, amen, that, that you know, uh, uh, Ukraine versus Russia must follow. Protocols that we've got to follow. Procedure. This deals with, amen, we're building values and systems into our life. Or else, our emotion, amen, will run elter skate. Our emotion, amen, will lead us to destruction. Our idea, you know, our sense of, you know, revenge and reprisal, amen, yes, will just lead us to, I mean, look at, I mean, oh, well, everybody's, everybody now, you know, are anti-Israel. No, that's not true. Even in war, there are procedures. I do not believe that Jesus supports, amen, that Israel has a right to bomb every child, every home, every house, every hospital in Palestine. I don't believe that. You know why? Because not everybody in Palestine, in, Pal- in the Palestinian region, amen, are Muslim. And if they are Muslim, amen, that does not give us the right to say they must all that. That is the gospel being preached today in America. No, this is the beginning of third world war. So are we supposed to be foiling it? Are, are we supposed to be, amen, people of peace? Where is the scripture that says, blessed are the peacemakers? Oh God, help me. There's a potential prophet that had died. There's a prof- potential, amen, leader. Yes, it, both on, you know, on the Israel side and on the Palestinian side that have died. Oh yes, the issue of land matters, but the issue of the soul, human soul, matters more than the land. If the issue of land matters more to you in terms of prophetic than the soul of a person that Jesus died for, then something's wrong with your understanding, amen, about the prophetic. And in fact, about the end time and eschatology. Because the last time I checked the scripture, everything that Jesus did, he, he did, amen, to die for the soul of man. He didn't die for the piece of a land. He himself came from that piece of land. No human government will be able to resolve that thing. But the church can resolve the condition of the heart of man. And perhaps when we, when we resolve the condition of the heart of man, we may just be able, just be able, amen, to resolve the issue of the land. I love that. It's kingdom perspective. It's how we ought to think as kingdom kingdom regions, kingdom followers. You see, what is happening to you and I in our very small, you know, you know, unit level is what is taking place on a global scale. What we need to project in this season, friends, is Jesus Christ. He's the answer. Have you forgotten that song? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Eh? And the crouch. Jesus is the answer. Above him there is no other. He is still the savior. He is still the Messiah. He is still the redeemer. He is still the prince of peace. And he wants to rule our hearts. He wants to lead us. He wants to lead us to the green pasture. He wants to lead us to the still water. Even in the midst of the crisis. 
I want to challenge you this morning as you go to your workplace or as you begin your day today in your work keep Jesus in focus you know make it a priority while you're doing you know the washing while you're doing the dishes while you're cleaning while you're you know on the table trying to put you know those meetings together whatever it is that you're doing that is your day to day bring Jesus into that situation into that condition don't leave Jesus behind and then you get overwhelmed and you cry oh I don't know I can't take it again no you left Jesus behind sorry bring him there bring him into your home bring him into your marriage let him be there while you sit, you and your wife discussing, bring Jesus there. When Jesus is not in what we're doing, that's where, amen, we have crisis. And that's where our crisis grow. When Jesus is not, amen, in your discussion with your children, that is when, amen, they go crazy. They become rebellious because Jesus was not there. <laughs> I was listening to one of our messages we preached, I think three years ago. Yes. Just during the COVID. Oh, what a word. What a message we released during those COVID period. What a word. I mean, I looked at I looked at that message, and I looked at the stacks on you know on uh, 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 Google. I mean, people have watched that thing a thousand times, a thousand times. I'm like, whoa, Lord! To me, that is like one million times, a thousand times. I never get that kind of you know a uh, uh, view. A thousand, in fact, thousand and one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And we're speaking some things. One of the things that you know we I said there was, you know, Jesus was in the house, he was invited to the wedding, and that's a message I've been preaching for years. He was in the house, he had the wine, the wine, they ran out of wine. <laughs> I mean, that you would have said that's an indictment. How can Jesus be in the house and you still run out of steam? You still you run out of love. You, you run out of patience, but Jesus is in the house. I mean, how? Jesus can be in the house if you don't invite him to take precedent. If you don't invite him to be in charge. Many of us, we just take Jesus along. It's like we take him along to, uh, you know, but he's not the driver. He's not the one initiating. He's not the one guiding. He, we are, we're not allowing his spirit, amen, to take charge. That's why we, we find ourselves in trouble and problems that we ought not to find ourselves we engage in all kinds of things that we ought not to because amen the wisdom of god is not involved the knowledge of god is not involved but we say we are gurus we are christ follower we are this prophet we are this apostolic we are this kingdom come on we are lying to <laughs> lie to yourself anything that you do that does not involve jesus is going to end up in the wrong place You're going to end up regretting that thing. Let me repeat what I've said. Whatever you do that, amen. You see, many of us think that Jesus is not intelligent. <laughs> ah, well, I don't think Jesus know, know anything about AI. I don't think Jesus know anything about, you know, the, this complexity of my workplace. Ah, this, my boss is just, you know, one crazy person. Uh, well, <laughs> Well, uh, this business, ah, well, this is a difficult one. Have you tried Jesus? Oh, this my child 
Hey, I'm just fed up. I cannot. Have you, have you tried Jesus with him? They will bring you to the point where all your strength will be neutralized. You will waste all your strength. You'll be, you'll be toiling all night. You will catch nothing because you thought you're so good. Because you thought you, you've got everything in control. Continue. All the fighting men of Israel all died in, in, in the wilderness. For by strength shall no one prevail. They will weary you in this end of days until you learn to submit to the wisdom of Jesus. Wisdom builds her house. Some of us, some of you listening to me, you need to now repent to have left Jesus behind or to just take Jesus as an handbag. You know, to many, Jesus is their handbag. You need to repent of that. That is where you begin from. So I bring you back to focus. Take over the, the, the driver's seat. Please take over the driver's seat. Let me take my rightful place. Let me go to the back seat. You drive. Because that is what Amen is good at. And that's why he's trying to teach you. So that when he says drive, you will still be saying, well, I'll drive, but if you lead me, if you guide me, where he leads me is where I go. And wake up in the morning and think you've got it under control. You start your day with your coffee. Ah, yes. <laughs> they can make it. And then you just muzzle some words. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm going out this morning. Jesus, lead me. Bye. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> And as you hit the robots, one crazy guy just hoot at you because you made a simple mis mistake. And before you know it, you're already using the F word. Your finger is already up. You know, your blood is already high. And you're wondering what's going on. The enemy will weary you. Or you get to the office and they have set certain things waiting for you. Just like I entered my office. Now, what I didn't tell people the day I, I made that video about, you know, the scorpion in my office. Now, listen to this. What I didn't tell people was that the day, the day before, the evening before that Saturday, I had cleaned my entire office, cleaned everywhere with my daughter. Cleaned, moved things. Some things have moved them. So, it's not like, oh, this, maybe this thing just sneaking has been there for a while. No, because the office is, no, no. I had, I just cleaned the day before. It's not even 24 hours. I cleaned my office. The night before, me and Zadok, we were on the couch playing all of that. I had sat on that same couch with my wife before we went to sleep. I just came in the morning to rearrange things and under the under the couch I'll show you under this couch as I lift this up I saw the thing waiting for me looking at me pretending
pretending as if he's dead. What do you think God can be saying? What do you think God is saying to us? The windows are all closed. I mean, the place was neat, clean. Even the plants, I took them out. Water them, clean them up, bring them back. So where is this scorpion coming from? But I'm telling you that that is just a sign. I'm, I'm used to things like that. That's just a sign. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if you don't believe in what I'm talking about, well, guess, wait until you are stunk. Then you will know. <laughs> I hope you know that scorpion can kill lions. For the fact that, all right, you can easily, you, you can hardly see them. And when they strike, they just need one strike. I knew when I said that God was saying something more than just a physical scorpion appearing. I mean, in my life, I've seen things. I've, I've seen things. I, I, I mean, I've shared, you know, this testimony with one or two people. Back in the days in Nigeria, I was praying with a, with a lady, all right, in my house. I was staying in her house. Wonderful woman. Who God has blessed financially and she gave me a house. This was before I came to South Africa because I didn't have a place to stay again. This woman gave me in her place. So, but she had the problem. So I wanted to pray for her. And I realized that she, she may need deliverance. So in the in the apartment she gave me, in the room she gave to me, air condition. The wall was, I mean, the curtain was sealed. As I was praying for this woman, a life bat. A life but appeared touch on the window I'm like what is this she saw it I saw it I took you know I there's a chair that I, I, I remember that my uh, uh, is a face towel or a towel was there I took the towel hit the life the, the bat you understand on the on the window thinking the thing will hit the floor looking for the thing the thing disappear into the thin air. Talk about warfare. I've seen all kinds of things in my life. I'm telling you reality. I'm telling you reality. When I was, when I used to preach in a caravan, I could remember I was doing, a, you know, a teaching on Belzebub. You know, the Lord of the Flies. I was doing a teaching on Beelzebub. I could still remember it was afternoon. Listen, friends. I had just finished the morning session. The, the whole place was okay. Of course, my caravan is always sealed closed. While in the midst of broadcast, a big fly like this came all over me. And I remember, I'm like, God, this is a manifestation of what I'm talking about. I could remember that particular day I had to stop my broadcast because that thing was bothering. It was just flying all over me. I said, this is a manifestation. You say, can things like that happen? Yes. A big fly. What can we say to this thing? We see Jesus. Do I need to start, you know, a deliverance ministry? We've done that in the past. Do we? Do we? Do I still believe in deliverance? Yes. As I'm speaking right now, many of you are getting delivered. 
if you believe, if you have faith, if you trust in the Lord. Because the word of the Lord, hallelujah, is life. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two edges. So the word of God has no limit. If you believe, you can be watching me from any part of the world. I declare right now that your deliverance, amen, is taking place. Your healing, amen, is taking place. Heaven is reaching you right now where you are. The power of God's word is breaking the hold of the enemy over your life. If you believe, you will say amen. You will say yes, hallelujah. You will, you will address those areas of your life and you will have your deliverance. I don't believe that you have to be doing all those gymnastics people are doing in the name of deliverance. That's why we have to see Jesus. Christ has to be magnifying our life. His will, his ways, his desire. We, we have to see it as the best and the ultimate. We have to choose, amen, to want to follow him. Yes, when you do that, they will take you on a journey. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give glory to God this morning. Let's give praise to God this morning. Our God is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. We are unveiling Christ within the crisis of our day, within the crisis of our time. We want to reveal Jesus. We want to manifest his glory. We want to showcase his splendor. We want Christ to be exalted, to be glorified. Come on, bless the Lord, friends. Let's, let's praise him. Let's honor him. Let's glorify him. Hallelujah. See Jesus high and lifted up. Come on, see Jesus high and lifted up. See Jesus high and lifted up. Let Jesus be magnified within you right now, within your mind, within your thoughts. Come on, within your psyche. Let Christ be formed in you. Come on. You are my children whom again I travel in birth until Christ be formed in you. Let Christ be formed in those areas. You see, Christ can be forming you in one dimension. And yet the enemy can be projecting himself in another dimension. So you have to let Christ, amen, yes, to be formed in every area. In your mind, in your thoughts, amen, in your belief system, amen, in your sense of desire, come on, in your, you know, ambition, in whatever it is, in your career, you understand, in your marriage, in your home, in the life of your children, you have to say, Christ, I need you to be formed in that area. Listen, the Lord will not assume a place you have not invited him. The Lord will not assume a place in our life where we have not invited him. You've got to invite him. If there is an area in your life, maybe it's a pride. You've got to invite him into that area and say, there's pride in my life. I don't want to live in that order of a life. I want to walk in humility. I want my life to reflect, yes, yes, humility. I want to reflect submission. I want to reflect love. I want to reflect peace. I want the fruit of the Spirit to be manifest in my life. If, if, if there's an area of lust, come on, don't be shy about it. There's an area in my life I'm struggling with lust. People struggle with this thing. It's just that people hide them. Come on. We're very good in hiding things. Let him know. Tell him. I'm struggling with unbelief. I'm struggling with, you know, addiction. I'm struggling with anxiety. I, I, I don't know how to deal with this thing. I I need you there you gotta let him know acknowledgement is the first principle to healing and deliverance that's why before we pray for people we 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 make them do confession confess this thing all right say this word confession is not like oh well i'm i i, I steal no no that's not what i'm talking about confession means amen you've got to acknowledge the authority of christ over your life and over those areas amen yes that's what I do. I will say to people, can you say this with me? In the name of Jesus, 
today I surrender my life to you. I surrender myself to you, Lord Jesus. I declare that you are the Lord of my life. I crown you king over my life, over my mind, over my soul, over my body. I realize that, yes, I have I have faltered by not acknowledging, by not trusting in you. So I trust in you. I submit to you. I'm asking you now to come into my life. I'm asking you to take your place over my life. I yield my body, my soul, my mind to you. You see, that is how I let people to cry. By the time you finish that confession, your body is already willing. Your body is already, yes, because listen, you, you can be prayed for, but if there's a resistance, you're not going to get healed. If there's a resistance, you're going to get delivered. If there's a resistance, you're not going to get free. So you have to, first of all, put yourself in that positive dimension of submitting. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. It's that simple. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Listen to this. Satan knows the voice of God. And he knows a person who is willing and who is ready, amen, to submit to Christ. The moment you are willing to submit to Christ, he loses his grip over you. The only power the devil has over you, amen, is your will, refusing and rejecting, amen, the standard of God. The Bible says, amen, the word was preached to them, but it was not mixed with faith. Why was it not mixed with faith? Amen. Because they doubted. They heard the word, but they did not receive it. Because they doubt. Jesus said, why do you doubt? When Peter was walking, hallelujah, yes, on, you know, on, on, you know, on, on, on the sea to meet him, he began to sink. Why? Because he saw something and he began to doubt. The Bible says he began to sink. You will sink in that problem. You will sink in that sin. You will sink in that situation. If you don't, hallelujah, yield to God, surrender and submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee. When you submit, the power of God will flow into your space. Wherever you are right now, America, Canada, Australia, South Africa, Nigeria, wherever you are, Uganda, you know, Tanzania, wherever you are, Zimbabwe, wherever you are, when you hear the word of God, you bow. When you do that, amen, the power of God, the Bible says the hand of God is not short. The Lord's hand can reach you wherever you are. Yes. Sister, brother, watching me, the hand of God can reach you there now. It can reach that situation. It can change that circumstance. Hallelujah. You can be healed. You can be restored. You can be transformed. Hallelujah. The Lord can restore your home, your family, your marriage, your, your children. The Lord can restore your business. Amen. Yes. That thing that you thought is impossible. The hand of the Lord can reach you. Yes. You can be restored back to your office, back to your place. You can be called again into ministry. Maybe the enemy has broke battered you and battered you and you think you've lost your position in ministry i'm hearing this now god is speaking to a man of god you can be restored back to your ministry you can be restored back to the cutting edge all you need earlier is to confess confession earlier brings deliverance declare with your mouth i am the child of god i am the servant of god i might have committed sin i have i might have fallen but now i turn to you lord i'm asking you lord to take your place once again in my life restore me wash me through the blood of the lamb cleanse me purify me by your blood i am redeemed i am redeemed i am redeemed confess it declare it confess your sins to the lord and you'll be healed hallelujah take your stand stand your ground against the world of the enemy. Refuse the enemy to take an upper hand over your life. Refuse the powers of darkness. To Listen to this. You may not see things happening, 
but as you speak, things are taking place. You see, don't let the devil lie to you that, well, you're speaking, but nothing is going on. No, no, no. There's a war going on in the spirit. You cannot sit with your natural physical eye. But when you speak, the Bible says the words of Jesus, they are spirit and they are life. He sent forth his word. The word was powerful enough, amen, to break barriers, to break boundaries, to break limitation, to break geography, to find a child, amen, a young man that is on the bed. And that word healed him. The word of the Lord, he's Jairus' daughter. The word of the Lord, hallelujah, restores Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. All he did was to speak. Death and life are in the power of the word. The words that I'm speaking to you right now, they are spirit and they are life. I believe in the power of the spoken words. The Bible says, amen, mightily grew the word of God and prevail. Let the word of God prevail over every situation, over every circumstance. Don't look at how mighty, how, how big that situation is. See the magnitude of God. See the awesomeness of God. See the majesty of God. See the power of God. See the authority of God. By this time tomorrow, at the gate of Jerusalem, at the gate of Samaria, excuse me, at the gate of Samaria, by this time tomorrow, it is a spoken word. Change is taking place. Change is taking place in your life. Change is taking place in your mind. Change, change is taking place in your community, in, in, your, in your home right now. Hallelujah. We change atmosphere by what we say. We change atmosphere by what we think. We change atmosphere by what we say. We change atmosphere by what we think. We change atmosphere by what we say. Hallelujah. Speak life, not death. I speak life to you. I speak restoration. I speak healing, deliverance, increase, abundance into your life, into your home. I declare right now, Christ is magnified in you. Glory, hallelujah. Come on, let's give praise to God. Let's honor the Lord for what he has done. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Oh, we glorify you. We worship you. We bless your name. We praise your name, Lord. You are worthy. Yes. We unveil you. We unveil you. We reveal you within the crisis of our day. We reveal your glory. We reveal your essence. Take your place and be glorified. Thank you, Father, for life. Thank you, Father, for newness. Thank you, Father, for new beginning. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, see the Lord. The zeal of the Lord shall accomplish it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for testimony. Testimony upon testimony in the life of your people. Thank you, Lord. As we get ourselves ready, to move into this coming uh, uh, month of November. We enter, Lord, yes, with grace, with, with, with wisdom, with submission, with understanding. Thank you, Father, for your will right now. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to rise above the storm. Hallelujah. It is well with your soul. It is well with your life. Keep Jesus in focus. Keep Jesus in focus. Hallelujah. 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 Keep Jesus in focus. Keep Christ in focus. Not the crisis, but Christ. Hallelujah. It is well with you. 
it is well with your life it is well with your manhood it is well with your womanhood your identity is being restored your identity is being restored yes back to that place of accurate divine functionality you are not of this world you're born of Christ made in the image of God yes you are designed to display the glory and the majesty of God oh as you behold Christ the world will see your life as an example of one indeed that bears the testimony of Jesus I declare you will not lack the Lord provide all your need yes there will be a time in your life where uh, it will look as if there you know there's a lack no but it's what you say that you get yes yes it's what you say that you get the Lord says ask me and I will give to you yes we ask this day for our daily bread and we receive what that bread is bread in every dimension of our need yes bread we receive father we thank you sight we receive revelation and understanding we have received we are receiving we thank you we lack nothing good why you are our great shepherd you provide for us amen amen see i can't just stop praying and i thought i'm done then the word just come again hallelujah I just believe God is doing something. There's, there's a weight being lifted off somebody's shoulder right now. I just feel it. There's a weight. I just, I just felt like a weight being lifted off my shoulder. But I know it's for somebody. So in the name of Jesus, if it's you, let that weight that has been weighing you down in the name of Jesus be lifted now. Let that weight be lifted. Let that burden be gone. Let that pain be gone. Let that confusion be gone. Let that you know anxiety be gone. Let their fear be gone in the name of Jesus. Walk in light. Receive in Jesus' name all that the Father has desired and ordained for you in this day. This day, this new day. Yes, it's your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone, this morning for joining me wherever you've connected us from. Excuse me, connect from from this morning from facebook live amen uh, from youtube and uh, any other channel that we're going to be posting you know this broadcast too want to thank god for what he has done thank you once again everyone for praying for standing by me those of you who who really stood by me and prayed and continue to pray i am so grateful so grateful to you you see the bible says iron sharpen iron Let's continue, amen, to pray for each other and encourage each other, even in our times of crisis. Remember, the crisis can only bring the best out of us. In times of crisis, Christ wants to be glorified. Christ wants to be magnified, all right? So let's not give up on ourselves and let's not give up on Christ. And let's not give up, amen, on our assignment. He who has begun a good work in us is able to finish it to bring it to fruition god bless you love you all please continue to pray and continue to walk and bask amen in the joy of the lord for the joy of the lord indeed is your strength have yourself amen a fruitful day i'll see you again hopefully tomorrow bye bye